Thank you, team. Take your Bible, Acts chapter 21 this morning. And so you find your way there. We're making our way through this grand book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles and the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And we come today to the 21st chapter, and we'll read the first 14 verses in just a moment. And you'll follow along as I read, and we'll then read the very last phrase out loud all together. Well, welcome on this glorious uh, day, a good day, Mother's Day Sunday morning. Uh, I got my uh, annual text that uh, always comes to me from uh, one of my friends in Texas. Uh, I was pastoring there 36, 37 years ago, and uh, on a Sunday morning, uh, I got ready to recognize mothers, and so I got ready to ask everyone, and I said, I'm going to ask everyone, every single mother to stand. And, uh, well, I didn't mean the mothers that were single. I meant every one of them. And they laughed me out of the room and uh, thinking I was asking the single mothers to stand. And uh, that was, so Brother Mike sends me that text and he said, don't forget to recognize all the single mothers in Olive this morning. And so uh, I get that every Mother's Day and I send it back to him. I say, I will, I will, don't, don't uh, worry and you can count on me. I'll do my best today. But we're grateful today uh, for mothers that are in this room and thank you for coming and being here in this place. And I'm going to ask our, our moms, if you would rise, stand to your feet with me. And uh, as you stand, I'm going to read the Word of God. Ladies, all over this place, mothers, thank you. We honor you today. Thank you for being uh, in this place. Amen. Yeah. So you stay right there and you follow along as I read from Acts chapter 21, we began reading in verse 1 and reading down through verse number 14. You follow because this is the word of our great God. When we had parted from them and had set sail, we ran a straight course to Kos and the next day to Rhodes and from there Patera. And having found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. And when we came in the sight of Cyprus, and if you have a map and you know where they're leaving from Asia and Ephesus, they're now in a ship coming through the Mediterranean and the island of Cyprus be on the left, and you find the text, and we came inside of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we kept sailing to Syria and landed at Tyre. They're back now uh, into what we would call Israel, the Holy Land. For there the ship was to unload its cargo. And after looking up the disciples, we stayed there seven days. And they kept telling Paul through the Spirit not to set foot in Jerusalem. And when our days there were ended, we left and started on our journey. While they all, with wives and children, escorted us until we were out of the city. After kneeling down on the beach and praying, we said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home again. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemus. And after greeting the brethren, we stayed with them for a day. And on the next day, we left and came to Caesarea. And entering the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, we stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who were prophetesses. And we were staying there for some days. A prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. 
In coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, This is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hand of the Gentiles. And when we had heard this, we as well as the local residents began begging him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we fell silent, remarking, and now everyone read this last phrase, we fell silent, remarking, and said what? The will of the Lord be done. The will of the Lord be done. Father, I thank you today for your faithfulness unto us. And Lord, I pray you would forgive us when we would walk in any other way other than the will of the Lord. And Lord, I give you praise for these ladies who stand. And I pray heaven's favor uh, to be on them. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you have given children unto them. And I pray if they are mothers with children at home or those that have sent them off for grandmothers as well, your strength and blessing would rest on these ladies today. Help them know we love them and honor them this Sunday morning. And I pray, God, your blessing, favor. Oh, Lord, let your help rest on each of them to be women with a heart for you and for them to say in their lives, the will of the Lord be done. Bless your word now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, ladies. We love you. You find your seat. It was the old prophet and evangelist Billy Sunday two generations ago that said, being a king or a president or an emperor is small potatoes compared to being a mother. Only Billy Sunday could say it just that way. Oh, what a high honor uh, that it is. Uh, mothers are, uh, their worth is more than jewels, more than diamonds or rubies. In this text, we find in verse 5, wives and children coming down to the seaport at Tyre with the men, praying as Paul and his entourage leave. And then they sail, and they come by Cyprus on farther south and east and come in to the coastland of Israel. Palestine, the Holy Land. And there we find them 
coming to venture one day and then back on the ship and then finally into the city of Caesarea. Into verse 8 says, the house of Philip. I'm going to do something in this message today that I've been taught all my life not to do. I've been trained and taught from the time I went to my first seminary online class way back before online was a thing and we met at the associational office and the professors came and taught high school and college kids. From that day all through my training, I've been taught to do exegesis. Exegesis is when you take the Bible and X out, uh, that is you take the sermon or the truth out of the text and present it to the people. There is a contrary word to that called eisegesis, E-I-S. That means that you read into the Bible something that is not explicitly clear and plain in it, but that you have put your thought into the text. This morning, I'm going to eisegete this text. I'm going to put something in it that's not in it, but I believe the principle is there. Tim Hunter, never do this. John Tyner asked me this week, Pastor, what you preaching on Sunday? I said, I'm preaching on something that's not in the Bible. He said, you're going to do what? I said, yeah, I'm going to preach on something that is not in my text, but I believe that underneath this text, she is there. The lady that I believe that's not found in the Bible is the wife of Philip. Verse 8 says, The next day we left and came to Caesarea, entering the house of Philip the evangelist, one of the seven, and he had four virgin daughters. Yes, they could have all been adopted, and he never was married. I don't believe that. I believe Philip was married. And there was a lady, his wife never named in Scripture, that would be behind this text. And so with that in mind and that honesty that I would share with you, I want to show you some things about this unnamed lady that I simply call the wife of Philip. There's... Many others we could have picked in Scripture and named them. We could have used verse 5 because wives and children are there. But underneath this, I want you to see these three principles of the wife of Philip. Number one, this lady was a woman of faith. A woman of faith. She is married to an evangelist. 
what did Philip preach? Well, we know what he preached because it's told us in Acts, 5, Acts 8 and verse 5, he preached Christ in Samaria. In Acts 8 and verse 12, he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Christ. And after he preached the kingdom of God in the name of Christ, though people were baptized. In Acts 8 and 35, he's with the Ethiopian eunuch and the Bible says he ran and attached himself to the chariot and preached Jesus unto him. And then he was miraculously slashed away. And in chapter 8 and verse 40, he's at Azotus and the Bible says, Philip kept preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. Philip was an evangelist, a gospel preacher, and I tell you this, he would have never married a lost woman. Where did Philip's wife come to faith? We don't know. But I guarantee you that he would have adhered to the Bible principle of not being unequally yoked together. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're single today and if you're saved, you should never get married to somebody who's not saved. The Bible calls that being unequally yoked together. There are many people who have done that, won their power partner to Christ, and they've come to serve. But for everyone you'll see that way, I can show you a thousand uh, that the lost person also influenced the saved person to walk away from the things of God. You see, when you come to be married, you can have physical intimacy without being saved. You can have psychological intimacy, but you cannot share the deepest things of life, the spiritual side, when one is dead in sin and one is alive in Christ. You are unequally yoked together. I believe Philip was married to a saved woman. When did she get saved? I don't know when she got saved. Maybe she heard her husband preach and got saved. Maybe he led her to faith in Christ. I don't know. Maybe he knew her way back over there in Jerusalem and she traveled with him. I doubt that. I think she was here in Caesarea and he met her where he'd lived for 20 years and she had known the Lord. But you see, the thing is, Philip was a gospel preacher. He preached Jesus. I want to ask you ladies, mothers that just stood and others who did not stand, all of the women in you. I want to ask you this today. All of the ladies in this congregation, those that watch on, uh, online and television, uh, maybe listening by radio, however, I just want to ask you a question. All the ladies, listen to me. When you die and you will, is heaven your home? Are you a saved woman? You don't get to go to heaven because you're a mother. You don't even get to go if you're a grandmother. You get close, but that doesn't get you in. <laughs> you must be born again. You got to come to Jesus. Jesus who went to the cross for you. Jesus who died for you. You must come and confess your sin and receive him. He died in your place. If you look in that window up above me, you see that center cross? Look down at the bottom of that cross. And if you look real close, you'll find a huge crown of thorns. That's the logo of Olive Baptist Church, the cross and the crown. Jesus 
went to that middle cross and that crown of thorns that's down at the bottom of it that there uh, emblematically uh, that is what they placed on his head and the blood came flowing down they pierced his side and he died for you that is a substitutionary death he died so you don't he died in your place L ladies listen 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 to me mother do you know him be the greatest mother's day in the world if you came to know the Lord Jesus. Let me press a little farther. Husbands, sons and daughters that are here, do, do you know him? Do, do you know him? He went to the cross for you. He, he died for you. He appeals to you, come and I'll forgive your sin. You must be born again. Children, let me ask you, children, are you saved today? You saw in this baptistry, young and old, come and be baptized. Everywhere Philip went, he preached Jesus, Jesus, the gospel, and then he baptized them. While he ran up to that chariot, preached the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch, one that man from Africa that was traveling through, and he stopped and said, here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? And he said, if you believe, nothing. And they walked down into that water, and he was baptized. It's the way you ought to be baptized. You ever been baptized like that? You ought to walk down here and take me by the hand in a few minutes, and this Mother's Day morning say, Pastor, I've come today. I've been saved. I'm ready to be baptized. Philip. Preached the gospel, and this woman was a woman of faith. He had never married her had she not been saved. Every mother is good, but she's only glorious if she's saved. She needs to come to faith in Christ. My mother got saved in Bible school just like I did. I was saved in Bible school. My mother got saved in Bible school. I don't know. If you don't know when your mother got saved, you ought to ask her. Over in my office, there is a communion table. On that communion table is my doctoral dissertation. I use it to put a lamp on. I have another copy of it, but that communion table is out of the church where my wife was saved and baptized. So when we got married, somebody took that old table that had gotten it out of that old church in Nashville, Tennessee, and redid it for us and gave it to us. And it sits now in my office, that very table where my wife came and gave her heart and life to Christ. Can you take me to a place, tell me of a time, sweet mother, where Jesus stepped out of heaven, stepped in your heart? Philip's wife. I believe was a woman of faith. Secondly, she was a woman of forgiveness, of forgiveness. Now, don't miss this. 20 years before we find this story in Caesarea, 20 years before that, Philip is a preacher in Jerusalem. And in chapter 8 and verse 3, the Bible says that Saul ravaged the church. He ravaged the church. And he put men and women in prison. He was trying to kill the gospel ship. And Philip had to run. God took him. He traveled. 
And somewhere along the way, he had to leave everything he had behind in Jerusalem and ran in persecution. He got to Caesarea. Now, 20 years later, he's there. He's got four virgin prophetess daughters we'll talk about in just a moment. I believe he's got one godly wife living with him at this place, if she's still alive in this text. And it may be that she has died in the reason she's not mentioned in the text. But this woman was a woman of forgiveness. Can you see it? Saul shows up. His name's Paul now. Philip's wife opens the door and said, yes, can I help you? He said, is this the house of Philip the evangelist? Yes, it is. Well, my name is Saul of Tarsus. She said, we heard about you. You're the one that cost my wife, my husband, his home, everything he had. You're the one that put him on the, on the road. You're, you're 20 years ago, you, you absolutely changed his life. Now, you've never seen a woman mad until you see her mad at somebody who's hurt her man. Huh? Hello? I've had a run-in or two in this church. You get after me, I, I may be kind, but there's, there's a lady who lives at my house don't think much of you. That, that woman would, would take up. But what did she do? She was not a woman of a critical spirit or an unforgiving heart. She was a Christ follower. She opened the door and let it. They didn't come stay just one night. The Bible says they stayed many nights at Philip's house. What did she do? She forgave them. Dear lady of God, do not hold those grudges. Do not have that bitter spirit. Do not, oh, don't put that pasty smile on and walk in here and have unforgiveness in your soul. Walk in forgiveness. That's what Jesus calls all believers to do. We are to act as if it never happened. Mm. We are to forgive. That doesn't mean she had to trust him immediately. They've got to prove themselves trustworthy before you trust them again. But here was the great apostle walking into Philip's house. And I believe his wife put his arms around her. Luke said, come in, guys. I got the table ready. Take off your shoes. Our home is your home. Is that not what we're supposed to be as Christians? Isn't that who we're supposed to be? She was a woman of faith. She was a woman of forgiveness. But thirdly, I want you to be very clear. She was a woman of faithfulness, of faithfulness. Oh, yes, faithful woman. She, she's married to Philip, and Philip is identified in three ways in the Bible. Number one, he is called a servant. We believe he's a deacon. When you find him over there early in Acts, when they chose seven, says he was one of the original seven. So he was a deacon. She's married to him. He was an evangelist, and she's married to him. And he was a father of four daughters, and she would have been married 
to him. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 11 says about the wife of the deacon, while she's to be temperate and not a malicious gossip, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 3, 11, she is to be faithful in all things, full of faith, faithful to the end, never giving up. Oh, ladies, thank you for being found faithful, 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 never giving up. She was married to the evangelist. The evangelist traveled. Well, when the traveling preacher left, who took care of the house? Philip's wife. They had four virgin daughters. Who took care of those prophetesses? She did. Brother John asked me this week when I was told him about this text, he said, what does that prophetess deal mean? I said, come Sunday, I'll tell you about it. He's here. You already heard it once. There were four virgin prophetesses. It, it is the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 that Peter quoted in Acts 2 and verse 17 at the great Pentecostal sermon there when the Spirit of God came. And he says that in those days when the Spirit is poured out, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Mm-hmm. You old men going to dream these young men. Yeah. But the sons and the daughters will prophesy. We're going to find another prophet down here in this text next week. Agabus. Agabus was a prophet. He came, wrapped himself up in that belt and said, uh, if you, whoever's belt is you go to Jerusalem, you're going to die like this. We don't have prophets like that in the New Testament church today because we've got this book. We don't need more revelation. We've got the revelation of God in this book. There's the gift of the prophet. Those that will speak into you a prophetic word, but we do not have prophecy like these sons and daughters. Today we have pastors and teachers and deacons, and those are scripturally limited to the male. That does not mean there is not a role for the female. My Lord, Olive Baptist Church, be dead and dried up and gone and dunked in the Blackwater River if it were not for faithful ladies in this church. They were the last at the cross and the first at the tomb. Thank God for the faithfulness. But these four were prophetesses as uh, others were in the days of the dispensation before the writing of Holy Scripture. Who saw after these? Can you imagine? Philip had daughters. Four daughters. I don't know if he had any sons or not. Doesn't name them. He had four preaching women at his house. He must, I'd have stayed on the road the whole time. I'd have taken meetings anywhere just to leave my wife alone with them four prophetic ladies at the house. Can you imagine Philip been out preaching? He comes walking in. Mary looks at him. What'd you preach on today, Dad? 
She said, you sure that's the Word of God? (laughs) Who was behind the scenes? Let me tell you who was behind the scenes. Philip's wife. Oh, my Lord. I don't know who you are today, but if you had a mama that loved Jesus and kept the home fires burning, you ought to get on your knees and thank God, not just today, but every day of your life. As a kid preacher, finished two years of junior college, got ready to go off to Samford University, packed up my little Buick that my mom and daddy had bought me, and I packed everything I had in there. Got ready to drive to Birmingham. Just as I was pulling out, pulled it down there and drive, and I heard a little peck, and I looked up, and there's my godly mother standing at the windshield. I rolled down the window. She took that little finger. She said, I love you. We've given you a good name. Now don't mess it up. (laughs) And she didn't pray or nothing. She just turned and walked off. (laughs) Top five advice I ever received in all my life. We've given you a good name. Now don't mess it up. I've heard her say a thousand times. When it got hard, well, you just do what you got to do. If she had a motto, if they're going to put anything on her tombstone, that's what they ought to put there. You just do what you got to do. You don't quit. You just. She said, listen. If your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. I read that later in a book, but I'd heard it from my mother many, many times. I don't know where she heard it for the first time, but she she drove that in my mind. You can't spend more than you got. Or your upkeep's going to be your downfall. (laughs) Thank God for faithful mothers. For those like the wife of Philip. And all the people were saying, Paul, don't, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't, don't go. And he said, I'm ready not just to go. I'm ready to die. And finally, they all together said, the will of the Lord be done. I think Philip's wife was in that crowd. I, I think she was saying, Paul, you, you, no, don't go. They, they're going to kill you. And I think she finally bowed to say with the rest of them, the will of the Lord be done. Not my will. Will of the Lord be done. You know, it's the greatest day of your life when you pray that prayer. When you stop saying, what I want, forget it. What God wants. What God wants. You college kids, where, you high school kids, where are you going to go to school? Not what you want, what's God want? Get ready to take a job. It's not what you want, it's what God wants. Lord, where, where do you want me? 
the will of the Lord be done. I was in my quiet time this morning, 6.15, and the phone rang. It was the place where my mother lives. They had never called me at 6.15 before. And I thought, she had gone to glory. I said, hello, and the nurse said, don't worry, everything's all right. And I said to myself, well, why are you calling me at 6.50 if everything is okay? She said, your mother uh, rolled out. She fell out of the bed this morning. And she's nothing wrong with her. She's fine. It's just good. And again, in my head, I said, why are you calling? So she said, we just, you know, have to call when we have a little. I said, I understand. Thank you. Amen. So I just had the biggest laugh. <laughs> I sat there and just chuckled in my quiet time. I remember when I fell out of the bed. You remember falling out of the bed when you was a kid? I do. Who came and got me? Well, she did. Who said it's going to be all right? She did. Sometimes we revert back to our childhood. That became kind of a hard moment, but it's so it is. And then I just sat there and I started writing down the names of ladies that influenced my life. <laughs> of course, mothers at the top of the list. And I wrote names to several. Some of you would be in this room. I wrote down names of females. I wrote down the names of admin assistants I've had. Of course, Beth's name was there. Liz Taylor out in Texas. Her family, for some reason, sent me a text this morning. They were watching online at 9.30. I just began to name the name of those ladies. Obira Wright. <laughs> Miss Obira. She's the lady that came through the line when I said I'd call to preach. She told me she'd been knowing since I was 11 years old. God called me to preach. I said, well, why didn't you tell me? That God told you. She said, oh, preacher. She said, if you can't hear God call you to preach, you ain't going to be worth killing. She said, I've just been waiting on you to hear what I already heard. I can't tell you the affirmation that what Just a faithful lady overweight on a walking stick. Walking with Jesus. Ladies, don't quit. My Lord, be faithful. Philip's wife was. All the way to the end. Now, I don't know if anything I've told you is true this morning about Philip's wife. I can't prove that. But I've not told you anything that's not a Bible principle this morning. I just found her underneath this story. So, well, why don't we know her name? Sometimes you don't know and get your name in the book till you're on the other side. You don't get your name in the book on this side. 
Some of you should hunger after fame on this side. You're going to miss fame on the other side. And some of us that get fame on this side are going to carry the socks of people on the other side. Amen. Because he that's first is going to be last, and he's last going to be first. So this morning, somebody's here and needs to get saved, and I'm going to stand right here and wait on you. Somebody's here and ought to join the church. I met a couple out in the foyer this morning. They were standing in that long line to get a picture made with their grandbaby on Mother's Day. They said, we just moved here from Louisiana. I said, when you get out of this line, go over and get in that line. Get your picture made here and join the church over there. They said, we're coming, preacher. We, we're coming. Maybe this is your day to come be a part of this church. Come give me your hand, God, your heart. You never trusted Jesus? Come get saved today. If you've never been baptized after you were saved, come today. And let's get you ready for baptism. The woman that was not in the Bible, the wife of Philip, but all the influence she had, even though nobody knew her name. God used you just the same as you walk with him. Come saying, saying, the will of the Lord be done.